So do what I always do, Matt. Start yes. the show yeah, well, in regular fashion. You're live to people. <laughs> We're live, pal. Alrighty then. So hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel. But you know what? I am not the most important person because Matt is the one bringing you the show live. And also he's completely changed uh, what you're seeing right now. Make it look a little bit more professional, a little We're bit more in interesting. Little... We're in little boxes and stuff. And there's a big screen to the side. And I... which side is this side over here? Then mm -hmm. people will see stuff appear throughout the show absolutely i i look better than i ever have before and i'm feeling better too i'm not on death's door like i was last week no no you sound a lot better i feel a lot better actually as you can tell i've actually slept more than a couple hours so i don't look like warmed <laughs> over death <laughs> uh but how you been matt how's your week been i've been pretty good yeah i've been trying to catch up on the comics and everything and as i was saying before on twitter mm -hmm. i just started playing that new game disco elysium Ah, oh, that looks so good. Oh, it, it's, I, uh, it's amazing. It's everything I wanted in, like, a detective RPG. I believe I called it a Harvey Bullock simulator before, and now I mm. want to play it even more. And I can confirm that is exactly, exactly what it is. <laughs> that's great i guess i'll take this opportunity too because we are coming to you live sunday night 10 p.m eastern standard time over on uh matt underscore fos channel on twitch so hey to everyone watching us in the chat right now jersey luck tevia uh, amazing spider-man hello welcome hello, thank everyone. you for joining us you are you, there's at least 16 people in the chat right now so thank you for joining us on this sunday hot damn yeah a lot of people in the chat saying they just got done watching tonight's Batwoman and Supergirl. We'll we'll do a little state of CW actually because that's one of the new stories we have to talk about. It is. Yeah, so I guess with that we can uh, hop on into the news proper. And our first piece of news here: this happened earlier in the week. I actually did a whole show on another podcast talking about this because that's just what a big deal it is. But Kevin Feige, see, I said it right that time. I didn't call him Kevin Feige. <laughs> Kevin Feige uh, has gained a brand new position within the Marvel Entertainment Company there. He's now executive creative officer, and essentially what that means is not only does he just have control over the movies, but he also has control over the TV shows, some control over the comics, and also the new video games, too. Yeah, like, this this kind of came out of nowhere, and, and, and rightly so, like, it's, it's kind of a long time coming, if, if you're... If you ask me, uh, I, I think yeah. he, he, he definitely deserves it with what he's done with like the MCU. Uh, he's proven to be someone who can, uh, who understands these characters. So it's definitely. great. It's great that he's in, in a place of, of even more power than he was before. Yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine a situation where he would have more of a position of power and more sway, but now he absolutely has it. And I guess the thinking here is quite simple, and that is, look, you want good multimedia that makes sense and everything connects and everything feels important and everyone is going to want to see everything. It's all got to go through one man. So Kevin Feige is now the Marvel czar. And I, for one, welcome our new Feige overlord who will control our lives and our wallets. And, you know, we are all puppets on a string to him moving forward. But let's face it, we already were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we already were. And um, this also makes me wonder, like, what what's his going to be his role with, um obviously, Lucasfilm and the Star Wars stuff that he's he, that got yeah. not long before this. 
I'm hearing conflicting reports on that. Some people are saying that he's taking over all of Star Wars. Some people are saying, no, he just wants to do one movie and they're letting him do one movie. But I guess we'll see. I think the people who want him to take over are the people that hate Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson. Probably. Just like, oh, he's here to make it better and, and, and save it and everything. Those weird conspiracy theory yeah. people. It's like, so as you can see here, Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson and the saucer people and the reverse vampires <laughs> deleting the meal of dinner to uh to, to hurt straight white males. And to, I'm like, okay, dude, this this is an Arby's, man. Come on, <laughs> calm down. Sir, this is an Arby's. This is an. It's always an Arby's <laughs> with these people. I swear. Now, I, I, I guess, too, you know, everyone's excited for this, and with good reason, I know I am, because the dude has done good work up until now. He's done nothing to tell me that he won't do a good job here, but you think, at what point is too much too much for him to run, you think? Well, see, that I, I don't think he enjoys the work. I know that, because he's always talking about how he's a fan and how mm-hmm. um, uh, he likes these characters, so I imagine it's not so much work for him, but more that, like, gets to come and just like play with all these characters do do what you love and you never work a day in your life basically exactly i mean i think the biggest takeaway from this is obviously we've seen what he's done for the movies we've seen what he's done for the other stuff can this now finally officially mean that marvel animation will get its ass in gear and maybe start making shows i actually want to watch maybe maybe i mean um We've, we're getting that that what if show so maybe that could be like like the jumping off point of be like let's do this better let's bring back earth mighty as heroes that, the, oh wouldn't that be nice that that asks an even bigger question too matt now that we are headed into the app cold war as it stands right now that we'll be you know jockeying for our television time the fact that he is now basically in charge of marvel television and the fact that we have more or less heard nothing from jeff loeb on this does that mean Marvel TV is, as we know, it is essentially dead and it's just all going to be app stuff now? And then, you know, your cloak and daggers and your shields and everything else when those end, they just end? What's what's the deal, you think? Yeah, well, I, I remember back, like, before this news actually got announced, there were rumors that, like, Jeff Loeb would be retiring from mm. the, the Marvel TV side. So it kind of makes sense that with his role in there, now Feige's role in here, maybe they've rolled lobes roll into that maybe you know i i I think you know if he felt that he was done hard by or something i'm sure jeff loeb would let us know about it on social media oh yeah he seems to be the sort of guy who's like you can't get rid of me i'm ass glued to the chair (laughs) you won't stop me no one can stop me no man nor god nor feige can stop me (laughs) i'm barring myself in the office yeah really get scott buck on the phone i have another project (laughs) for him (laughs) For some reason but uh yeah that'll be interesting you know there's been a lot of question too you know what uh what does this mean for a guy like ike perlmutter because essentially this is like really changed the marvel entertainment power dynamic where perlmutter still technically runs everything supposedly on the comic end mm-hmm. although he's been pretty quiet recently and he has a job with the trump administration so you don't hear about him that often but this basically puts feige right under him with a bunch of the other bosses looking up at Feige. I, I, I don't know, you know, what, what do we think in the future is? Do you think all these people are going to play nice together? Because the rumor was, for the longest time, I mean, this might not even be a rumor, I'm sure it's been confirmed by now, that Perlmutter does not like Feige. Yeah, no, I think it can't, goes back to that um that creative committee that was in during, like, the first, first phase of the MCU films where 
uh, Perlmutter was kind of like in charge of like all creative decisions. Or he had that committee that had like Bendis and all those people on it. Yeah, the, um, the big brain trust, Casado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that got that that got shuttered, and and Feige gained back that control. And so far, he's he's got that. He's still got that control. So I, I have to imagine with this new role, he he still keeps that, and maybe even gets more control. Whereas uh, right. Perlmutter doesn't really have anything to do with that anymore i mean perlmutter is getting up there in years and like we said mm -hmm. works for the trump administration and i'm not gonna say if that's a sinking ship one way or another but i'm just saying also isn't perlmutter in like his 70s or something so isn't he due to retire soon he's another guy who i think if he felt his position was being you know uh threatened by like the board of directors or that the powers that be we would hear about it oh yeah I don't know whether we would because I know he's a notorious recluse. And yeah, there's like, only been like two pictures of him. Yeah, yeah, you can barely get a photo of him and any, anything like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he never heard of stuff like that. And maybe, maybe that that that's just the case where they they've like shuttered his role and gave it to Feige in some some regards. I mean, another guy, too, who I'm surprised hasn't talked up yet is Casada, because basically the job as they're, you know, describing it here as the be-all Marvel czar. It's like, wasn't wasn't that supposed to be Casada's job mm -hmm. back in the day? Isn't that what he did? Because, you know, he had contacts in Hollywood and mm -hmm. he came from like the Hollywood system. But it feels like Casada has less and less to his name every year, right? Yeah, yeah. Every Only every now and then you get like something of him like drawing something for like one of the netflix shows or something you yeah i yeah. really see anything about him like the only thing i hear from casada anymore and, and you know obviously because new york comic con just happened is that you know he has his like cup of joe panel every year at new york comic con he's mm -hmm. a fixture there and it's like oh and this is this is what i got coming and these are what new things i'm working on but it's 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 a very strange very interesting time i can't remember the last time we saw such a seismic power shifting mm-hmm yeah yeah so it, just like the comic side of things is going to be very interesting and like mm. does that i don't i don't think feige's going to change anything very big and like like people think he's going to change it more like the movies and everything right. it's like it's not going to happen right. like that it it'd be silly to see him try and exert some control and change it up now because it's like no 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 no, no. they're actually they're actually in a good place right now. C.B. Sagluski for all the Yakira Yoshida bullshit is actually <laughs> running a pretty good ship right now because you got Hickman's X-Men and you got Donny Cates and Al Ewing turning in great work and Chip Zdarsky spinning gold on everything that he's on. You can pretty much just leave it the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like maybe he, because they're now more connected than ever, he gets some mm. of the comic writers to like, come in as con like more hands-on consultants in the films like obviously they've got the x-men coming nice? up you could bring hickman in for that wouldn't that be nice and again too i know another fear i heard online and this could potentially go either way it's like okay so feige is a hollywood guy that's where he does all his work that's where he does all his business wouldn't it behoove him to be like all right i oversee marvel the comics arm now you guys have to move to L.A. now like D.C. did before so you can be closer to me. Again, I think Feige is a fan, and as a fan, I think he understands how important New York is to the Marvel ethos and Marvel in general and that to move that company would kind of, like, cost it its soul in a weird way. And also, you saw what happened to D.C. during their move. Yeah, yeah, their, their move would kind of, like, shut its sails a lot. Um, 
but yeah, I don't it think, hurt them for a I while. Don't think, think he'll do. I think there will probably be a bigger connection between like his stuff in LA and and New York now. Maybe there'll be like like a like a uh, like a second office or something. Right. Uh, Sal and me from our other show we do, Elseworld Exchange, he came up with a rather interesting uh, premise, and that is like, look, okay, so you really want to push this multimedia thing, you got these movies that are making a bunch of new fans, you want to get people to pick up more comics, would it not be interesting to be like, okay, here's another side universe a la The Ultimates, and it's literally just like those Star Wars comics, where here's the adventures in between Avengers 1 to Age of Ultron, and here's the adventures in between Age of Ultron to Civil War, etc etc yeah you could like now you could now that he owns it you could make those um like i don't i don't think they're going to be doing them anymore but they used to have like the road to the next movie i I know those yeah you could say oh they're all canon now or something they're all yeah they're all canon now again i don't think they would do that because again i think as a fan he would realize like yeah every other universe you've done that isn't the main universe hasn't lasted so maybe don't do that (laughs) just saying yeah yeah but it's uh it's an interesting time and you know we'll be sure we're gonna hear more of this in the future you know what feige brings to all of this what uh what he has to offer and here's the thing too he already kind of ghost wrote a bunch of stuff already and a bunch of other things that we never even knew about because the dude has been involved with making marvel properties since like the avia rod era like Mm -hmm. the dude was his right hand man and second in command since then so the dude has been with this company for like almost two decades now now i i would usually i would i was gonna say this but um obviously jeff johns isn't in favor at dc anymore but but like jeff johns and kevin feige have a really good relationship because they came up through like the producer ring together wouldn't it be awesome this is obviously if if johns was ever in power wouldn't it be awesome if we got another like avengers versus justice league Ugh, that that's the dream right there where it's like look can you all please start playing nice again and can we get another one of these it's so sad that our generation the whole generation of guys you're in my age matt who have been reviewing comics online for this long that we never got to do another marvel dc crossover yeah yeah it's a shame especially to see what the modern version of that would be that's a real shame yeah but uh, yeah, so more on that as it develops. Uh, moving on from there, we do have some DC news here. Uh, the solicitations came out this week, and we found out that DC's Birds of Prey ongoing, that's the Black Label Azarello book. Yeah, we decided to cut that down to just one oversized issue. Yeah, the, yeah, the the book that was going to be basically uh, mirroring the movie where like Harley Quinn becomes part of it and everything. Yeah, we've decided to cut that down. Uh, we still totally care about it, though. And we still totally <laughs> care about the franchise, the characters. And, uh, boy, we sure want something to connect. But, yeah, we're cutting that down. You'll you'll also still be getting the, uh, what is it, Sarah Connor, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti one of questionable continuity because it's kind of a spinoff of their Harley book that was mm-hmm. out of continuity. So instead of getting two ongoing Birds of Prey books, I guess they just decided to cut one. And I guess it made more sense to keep the Palmiotti Connor one because that's probably going to be closer in continuity with the actual movie than whatever the hell Brian Azzarello was doing in Black Label. Well, not only that, let's face it, it'll probably be more popular. It'll probably be more popular because here's the thing. I know I didn't really have interest in either, but I really didn't have interest in this one. No, yeah. I, I the minute I saw it, I'm like, ah, movie synergy. The the thing that people were were telling me wasn't going to happen is happening. 
Yeah. Also, it's like it's such a weird crap role where it's like, okay, so Birds of Prey, that team that's not a team and hasn't really been a team in the new 52 universe, and that if we did write it, we'd still have to find a reason to get Harley Quinn in there because she's also the star of it. Yeah. So we're not really doing a team book. We're just doing another Harley vehicle. And don't we have enough Harley vehicles as it is? Yeah, yeah. It seems like all books are starting to become that. Like, like as we're doing this, there's like, isn't there two black label books about Harley out at the moment? Yes, there is. Yeah. That came out incredibly close together. A, a week apart, actually. Which I'm like, what are you doing? Like, th that first one actually looked pretty interesting because, you know, it had a cool art team and design and everything. Like, oh, I might look at this. Then the next week, like, oh, here's another Harley Joker. But it's like, but you just had one. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Too much. Space these out is everything. You're cannibalizing your own market <laughs> right here. That's uh, that's my problem with it. Also, too, as uh, the chat is pointing out there, uh, yeah, she's also going to be one of the only two surviving members in that new Tom Taylor Suicide Squad book as well. Yeah, she's safe. She ain't dying. Her and Deadshot are fine. Everyone else dies in issue one, apparently, as yeah. they spoiled in the solicitations. Oh, fantastic. But that's fine, because Tom Taylor is inventing new characters who look fun. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? that's get a... to spend time with them. They just die. <laughs> No. Well, but, you know, that's a tried and true Suicide Squad tradition, too. Here's a bunch of D-listers in issue one. Oh, no, we killed them. Here's several new characters I invented. <laughs> in fact, it's maybe one of the only tried and true ways to invent new characters <laughs> and to get them out there. But, uh, yeah, so there's your Birds of Prey news. Uh, moving on there, uh, some more interesting news we got from the world of DC solicitations. Uh, Scott Snyder apparently is going to be exiting Justice League in January. Yeah, and it it really pisses me off because he's exiting on Justice League thirty nine, not forty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know the the that that messes with your OCD <laughs> math that he's doing on an odd number. <laughs> Matt having a little Rain Man moment. This this is surprising because, like, it basically, I'm sure we all thought, oh, he's going to be with this for as long as he was with Batman. He's going to be here for 70-plus issues. He's going to ride it until the next time they do a crisis. No, he had a story. He's telling it, and he's leaving. And you know what? That's probably for the best, honestly, because he's already yeah. telling basically a, a crisis-level story without calling it a crisis. Yeah, it's it's great that he's, he's seemingly leaving on his own terms. Uh, he's finishing up his story because we're, we're just on issue, what, 34 of Justice League? 34 this was yeah. this week, yeah. So it's only a couple of issues left. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing. Obviously, the um, Justice Doom War is finishing up. Not next issue. I think the issue after. And um, right. so, like, what's he doing next? Because he's he's still doing stuff for DC though, but he's also mm -hmm. doing his 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 indie stuff. Yes, he has a whole new studio actually that he showed on Instagram, and also has my audio, Matt, because Marvel Knight says I'm acting up a little bit. Sounds fine for me. Okay, that's weird. I, I take Marvel Knight seriously because he's our <laughs> official, unofficial audio guy. It sounds fine for me. Okay, well, hopefully it works out then. But yeah, he has a brand new indie studio where him and a bunch of other people are working on brand new projects. He's uh, kind of parlaying his, you know, superhero fame into that, which, you know, great for him. And uh, also him and, uh, what is it, Greg Capullo are also working on another new project for DC that has yet to be announced. Everyone assumes it's Batman, but who knows? Yeah, well, I don't know if it would be Batman because he keeps saying that they, that Last Night on Earth is like his final word. 
on mm-hmm. Batman. Oh, I'm done with Batman. Ooh, I'm yeah. done with that. People keep saying it's like metal too. I'm like, well, Justice League is kind of his metal too. It really is basically from no surrender or from metal to no surrender. Or was it no, no surrender justice. or no, no, just too close. And they came too close. Say so yeah, from no justice to this. He basically has been telling one long uninterrupted story. Yeah. Maybe it's Talon. Maybe he's finally going to go back and give <laughs> Calvin Rose the love he deserves. Maybe he's bringing back Dick Grayson. Oh, that would be nice. That would be crazy. He hops over and it's like, yep, I'm doing Nightwing now. Nightwing is now a must-read book for everybody. <laughs> I would read it. I would, too. I mean, at this point, he could basically punch his own ticket and write whatever he wants, and people will buy it. Yeah, I'd like to see him come over back and do some Superman. That would be nice, too, especially because it's like, look, can Ben just keep doing I mean, Ben just looks like he's going to be doing it for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Until he gets bored. Until he gets bored and they end up having to kick him off. But I don't know. Will they kick him off or will they just let him keep going? I don't know. Yeah. But, to, you know, more power to Snyder on this one. Always excited to see what he's doing. I think he's the biggest star launched by the new 52. I think we can all agree he's DC's, like, golden child breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He's, he's ne- I don't think he's ever written, like, a, a, like a bad book. No, they've all been pretty goddamn good, and he's just a nice man in general. Good, cool family man. Yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to his new book as well, Undiscovered Country. Yeah, that also looks fun. You know, you and I are checking out more indie books on our channel, and I'll definitely check that one out because you can just say, yo, it's Scott Snyder's new thing, and people will take interest in <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. You know the man who wrote the Batman you like? Well, he wrote this. <laughs> you should read it. Because, you know, you got to support indie creators and everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was saying, too, yeah, you know, he's a nice guy, never fights with anyone on Twitter, doesn't let go like another certain person out there. Uh, hey, uh, Mr. Youngblood out there, we all know who you are. <laughs> can you believe that, the, the the reason in which he left? Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> Rob, we're talking about Rob Liefeld, everyone who this week got fired. This isn't an actual piece of news, but I figured, what the fuck, we're not going to talk about it any other way. So they fired him from Marvel for basically, you know, being an asshole on social media and talking shit about the Hickman X-Men. Yeah, yeah, he he dug his own grave. And I I, I guarantee you he was only mad because his major X-Book probably wasn't selling very much, and this Hickman book kind of puts like a dampener on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, I got to answer Tevia because he keeps spam there. And the Gordon Batman was good, Tevia. What are you talking yeah, about? It was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> People forget that, but it was actually good. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about, yeah, R- Rob Liefeld, who flamed out and crapped out in a hilarious thing this week by just talking nonstop shit. And I love that he, he had that, like, what was it, that major X book that apparently yeah. actually got really good pre-sales? Well, it, it got pre- pre-sales on the first issue, and then I think it just, like, fell off. As is often the case with Liefeld things. But yeah, way to shoot yourself in the foot for stupid, petty, ego-driven reasons. Like, you could still be getting a paycheck now. My, my favorite thing was was after that, he kept posting articles that said, See, see, this this, this Avengers book I drew is the best-selling one ever. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, dude, just shut up. <laughs> That's yeah, so what sad. A, what a, this book from the 80s. <laughs> What a, what a wonderfully petty move on that one. It's like, God damn, man, this is just sad and unfortunate. <laughs> like, imagine him having to tell his wife, I assume he's married, being like, okay, so I lost my job. Why? Because I kept talking shit about Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. The, the best thing about it as well is um, 
uh, because he did that, he started joining all the, like the Snyder Cut cultists for some oh. reason, to, just to remain relevant. I think. Oh boy, great! Just tick in, just tick all the boxes while you're at it. I wonder, Rob. If, he, I wonder if he had a hand in that Snyder Cut rap. Oh, you saw that? Huh? Okay, I'm glad we could segue and talk about this. The Snyder Cut rap. Who <laughs> boy? We demand to be taken seriously, Joel. Thank you. There you go. That's that's the perfect way to. Yep, Matt said it better than I ever could. We demand to be taken seriously, and we will show you how we demand to be taken seriously through this rap. If if you haven't seen the rap chat, um, go to go to my Twitter. I posted like little. I didn't want to link the whole thing because it's cringy as fuck. But I like posted little clips of it, and whew, it it it's it's something. <laughs> it's Again, something. yeah. Guys, guys, and I say this to you with all the love and respect in the world. If there was a Snyder Cut, they would try and sell it to you. <laughs> but there's not. Like, yeah, there might be footage. There might be another version out there. But they're never going to finish it because the movie was a financial failure. See, there, there is a cut, and it's called an assembly cut. And you can't sell that because it's literally everything you shoot put into a timeline. Yeah, like like you can't sell that. Like it's just a jumbled mess. And it's like, oh, well, the the Justice League was a jumbled mess anyway. So mm. <laughs> I say, give it to him. Make him shut up. Mm. Again, this weird like, it, it's like it's like it's clear they don't even really care about DC movies because DC no. has been putting out a lot of good movies now. Like Shazam. Like, why didn't yeah. you all go and see Shazam? That was actually good. Yeah. Oh, that's against so that's against Snyder's vision. Kind of I that. guess so. I guess so. Ooh, speaking of people acting badly, because we keep doing this, did you see uh, apparently Jared Leto actually had a hand <laughs> or actually tried to kill that Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, which I still haven't seen yet, but I find this fucking hilarious. Oh, it, it's great. It's great. <laughs> my my damaged Joker vision is so important. This came off the heels as well of David Ayer posting another photo of, of like like makeup tests. For, the, for his mm, Joker, and they had ones where time. they like shaved his eyebrows off and and like tattooed ha ha's as eyebrows. I'm like, Jesus, it could have been worse. What a what an amazing timing for this. And it's like, well, geez, Jared, maybe if you didn't send used condoms and dead rats to the people you worked with, maybe <laughs> they wouldn't. You know, maybe they'd let you take another crack at this instead of so easily leaving you behind and moving on. But you see, the role made him go insane because everyone who plays the Joker goes insane, except for Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero, Mark Hamill, yeah. you know, all the actual people who've played the Joker very well. <laughs> Not just when we got crazy people in the role, like Joaquin Phoenix, who genuinely seems a little off anyway. <laughs> well, that's what you get for growing up in a cult. I mean, I guess that'll do it to you. Maybe he was the perfect casting. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Just a lot of people acting poorly this week. And it's just like, come the fuck on, man. And with Jared Leto, it's especially like, come on, man, read the room. You were not the star of Suicide Squad. <laughs> no, not you at all. You so were not. It was the Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie show. That's all it was ever meant to be. You were an afterthought. I'm sorry they sold you a bill of goods that wasn't there, but y'all. Yeah. yeah. It's just it just is what it is, man. It's a bad it's a bad look. You hate to see it, as the kids say. So many bad takes this week. It was a week of bad takes, but you know it wasn't bad, or I don't know, actually, because I'm just trying to segue into the next piece of news <laughs> it's <pretty> here. Bad. <laughs> 
so yeah, so CW Universe. Again, this is a great chance to talk about this because I'm almost caught up on the CW. I've watched the two first episodes of Batwoman and I watched the first episode of Flashback. But uh, so yeah, Green Arrow. It's uh, we all assumed that it was ending finally this season here Stephen Amell is done he's moving on he's doing other things maybe he's gonna act in more Hollywood movies maybe he's gonna wrestle and we all assume that meant oh well the show is done then right because you can't keep Green Arrow going without Green Arrow without Oliver Queen Mm -hmm. yes apparently you can (laughs) says the CW hold that thought because get ready for Green Arrow and the Canaries coming soon oh why we'll just let it die and especially like because i've been, i've been watching arrow since last season and um, yeah they, they 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 did it at the start in this first episode as well where they like they always cut back to the future where with these mm-hmm. characters and it's the most boring shit ever i'm like it, okay it, cut, cut back to actual oliver queen and him doing stuff <laughs> I, like, I never even watched the show because, again, it wasn't the Green Arrow I wanted. People enjoyed it, and that's fine. But even me, in my thing, I'm like, this show already kind of feels like it ran out of steam a couple seasons ago, but they kept it going because it was popular. Like, it wasn't there, like, a literally a thing in season three where they quite, where they drive off into the sunset and, like, everything is finished and done with? I think so. I'm not too sure. I, I kind of, I, like, stroked out around that that time. It, they all bleed together and again that's even the good cw shows but yeah there seemed like a point where it's like you were done with this but then you just kept doing it because it was too popular to stop and again it's too popular to stop and i really wonder how how truly in this are the fans will there be an audience yeah. for green air and the canaries who will stick around you know have these characters indentured enough love to them or is this just like oh well it's not the ollie show anymore i'm done with it yeah it's it's very very weird why they decided to go that i don't know why they wouldn't just like you know what it is they wanted to make a birds of prey uh, show mm-hmm. but they couldn't because this this screams birds of prey because you obviously yeah, have Huntress and all that sort of still around and so yeah you could definitely do that but yeah they probably weren't allowed it's uh, it's very interesting and also too i'm like now nah, come on we don't need a green arrow or an arrow show anymore batwoman is filling that void for better or uh, for better or worse yeah yeah There's... i would say i would say though watch this current season of of uh arrow because it's 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 him traveling multiverse to other, stuff yeah him traveling to other hearths with with diggle to try and stop the 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 anti-monitor and stuff it's, it's that cool. does that does genuinely sound fun that generally does sound like something i would be interested yeah. in so i just might uh again too i guess because we have a chance to talk about it uh yeah how are we feeling about the cw show so far i watched the first two episodes of batwoman i liked it i didn't love it there's a lot of changes they made. I wish they didn't. Mm-hmm. They really they really forced Batwoman that I thought was TV ready enough into the CW template. So it's like, okay, so now she has a stepmom and a stepsister. And a oh, wasn't Yeah. It's like, well, isn't that kind of just like Supergirl and isn't that like Arrow? It's, it's exactly like yeah. that. Yeah, they got Luke Fox, the the black uh nerdy helper who who is useless. Mr. Terrific 2.0, he's both Alfred and Lucius Fox, so we got him. He's nothing like his comic counterpart. Uh, oh, uh, Kate's girlfriend is dating a man now and is getting married. I'm like, oh, so she has her I, own Eddie Thawne see, now. I, I, I took I took um, uh, problem with that because they, they're painting that woman out to be like a villain for doing that. Yeah, yeah a I'm monster. Like, really, how dare really? you? Yeah, like how dare you do that? How dare you move on with your life? 
Yeah, I know that is, but but it's also very CW. It's also oh, yeah. very first oh, yeah. season CW. And as I sit there and I watch, I'm like, okay, so stylistically, I like this. Gotham looks good, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the, the whole, you know, city is so crime-ridden, they've had to, you know, start going to, like, a private military contractor yep. to, like, keep the city safe. Like, okay, that's interesting. I hope we eventually get to see the GCPD, and I hope we get to see Gordon, because I can only imagine they don't like this. No, yeah, yeah, we haven't, like, I think we saw some cops, but, like, not... For like, a minute. Yeah, but, like, we haven't really talked about the GCPD or anything like that, so, yeah, I, I imagine they're saving that for, like, maybe, like, end of the season or something. This, this would be a great place to work in some cops, too. Like, look, maybe you can't do Renee Montoya, because I think Vasquez is kind of their Renee Montoya. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her. I would like to see Crispus Allen or any of the other GCPD cops with names. Like, obviously, I don't think we're going to get Bullock or Gordon, but it would be fun if we did. Also, hey, I'm assuming Alfred is still in the city. He didn't just run off, so I'm yeah. assuming those characters have to still be around. Yeah, you could do all those characters without actually doing Batman. It's true, and, you know, it would be interesting. I, I still very much like Ruby Rose in the role. I think, you know, she carries herself well. She feels very much like Kate. She has a dry sense of humor, which I thought was a nice little, uh, you know, counterpoint to, you know, the wackety-schmackety Flash mm-hmm. and Legends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she, she like she'll crack a joke, and be like, was she joking? I think she was joking there. <laughs> uh I, I don't like Alice. I hope uh, no. we start getting some more interesting villains of the week because, oh, boy, that she's, actress is she's not good. hamming it up, but, like, in the wrong and, ways. Yeah, like, in a bad way. And here's another thing that ticked me off. Like, Alice in the comics, in the book Elegy, where she first appears, she's really creepy because she's painted up like a porcelain doll, and mm-hmm. she only speaks in Alice in Wonderland quotes. Yeah. Here they kind of have to have it both ways, where it's like, look, quote Alice in Wonderland a little bit, but then also talk like a normal person. Like, well, then that that's just nothing then at that point. You rob her of the thing that makes her special. Yeah, you take away that special skill that, that made her special and made her an interesting villain. Also, her thing is knives, where it's like, ooh, I'm all about knives. I'm a knife pervert now. And I'm like, well, in the comics, she used guns and poison because she wasn't a good fighter like Batwoman, and she kind of had to play dirty and cheat to win. Mm-hmm. Here, she's just as good a fighter as Batwoman for no reason. Yeah, and also, like, like you're probably more familiar. Like, the story with them, like, being sisters and everything, is 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 the way they, they like, split where, where the car goes over the cliff, that, is that from the comics, or is that just made up for the show? That is super made up, okay. man. They completely changed that, that story. In the that comics, they makes me hate it even more. Because, like, why would Batman be in the, yeah. on, like, a random bridge in the Canadian forest in the middle of the day? Uh, in the comics, Kate and Bruce are about the same age. Here they've changed it around to where now Bruce is much older than her, was active as Batman when she mm-hmm. was a kid. Also, the whole death of her mother losing her sister thing, that happened, like, when they were in Europe, and the whole deal is that, like, terrorists kidnapped, you know, the mother and her kids to get back at the dad, because mm-hmm. he was, like, a super badass soldier, and Batman didn't save him, the fucking dad came and saved him, because he's a super badass. Yeah, that, it just feels like a way just to get Batman into that, into that story. It really, really was, and I'm like, eh, I get it. You're trying to expediate it, but I'm like, you rob this story of what actually makes it cool and interesting. Yeah. And the dynamic of being like, the dad beats himself up a hundred percent more because it's like, oh crap, I only saved the one kid, and I failed to save the other two. Yeah, yeah. As the chatter saying, uh, hushes in tonight's episode of Batwoman. 
I heard that that Tommy Elliott and Magpie are going to be our first two villains of the week. I am very interested to see how they're going to play Tommy Elliott because the whole deal of him is he is a dark mirror to Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I think like from the pictures I've seen, he's just like a man in a suit. Mm, fair enough. I guess he won't be hushed yet. You know, if there was ever a situation where I actually wish they did a gender swap, and it's like, oh, I'm Tamara Elliot. I'm the sister of Tommy Elliot. You never know. I'm a hush yet. I will be your villain this week. The thing I hope is though that they don't, they don't do like what Arrow did, where they make they give they give her Batman villains and change their origins so that like she's responsible for Tommy's like like mm-hmm. they grew up together and you know what I mean right a supergirl does that a lot too you're telling where it's like you know she has stories of her own you don't have to keep adapting superman stories yeah yeah they keep it all they uh, yeah at the moment they're kind of doing like an original story but then they're throwing like leviathan in for some reason oh <laughs> no thank you yeah <laughs> But yeah, Batwoman shows potential, and I know a lot of these uh, CW superhero shows, except for Flash, a lot of them weren't really good in season one. I mean, shit, it took Legends of Tomorrow like two and a half seasons to understand what it actually was and get great. Flash was good from the get-go, but has had lots of ups and downs since. Yeah, yeah, the, the fir- that first two episodes of Flash, were yeah, they were all right. I mean, I, I think they're really good in retrospect, but yeah, this... Batwoman has potential. I hope they figure it out, and also I hope they thin the herd a little bit too, because I don't, I don't like the mom and the stepsister. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they, they should, they, they should be ballsy and kill them off, but they won't. Yeah, I mean, remember when Arrow had a stupid stepdad too in season one? They killed yeah. him fairly early. Yep. Maybe, maybe they'll do the same here. Also, too, are, are they references to Flame Bird and the original Batwoman that they've just changed around a little bit? Because that's even more confusing. I, 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 probably. Because I hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, I bet her sister will become Flame Bird, Batwoman's sidekick, the original one. Because, you know, you had Nightwing and Flame Bird and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to keep watching. I'm interested enough to see where they go from here. They haven't had any one real big deal breaker yet. No uh alrighty then so what else do we have now that we've had that little catch up on a cw uh also i watched the first episode of flash it was also pretty interesting too yeah uh all right what else do we have from there uh oh okay so again more batman news now that we're on the subject of more casting news as well uh obviously last time we talked we talked about zoe kravitz getting cast in the batman as catwoman well we got paul dano cast now as the riddler yeah it came kind of came out of nowhere very much so, because it seemed like they either wanted uh, they wanted to do a comedic actor. They either wanted Seth Rogen or Jonah Hill. He kind of seemed like their third choice. Yeah, well, I, I think he probably should have been there first because he's a fantastic actor and he is he, and creepy he, as fuck. Oh, he's creepy as fuck, and he's he 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 looks like Edward Nigma. He really, really does. Especially, I like in the picture you got right here. He's at his most Nigma. He looks like he's about to tell you a riddle right now. <laughs> Why is a raven like a writing just I don't I, I don't know, Paul. I don't what why always with this? <laughs> but yeah, shit, I I've actually been fan casting Dano forever in Batman, where it's like, no, it's gotta be him. I, I could even see him as like a joker at some point too, because again, if you've seen him in anything, he's really creepy. He is. He he's in that movie Prisoners, and he's really creepy in that. He's great in that, he's really good in that. <laughs> and he's mostly getting his ass whooped in that movie too, and he's still creepy as shit. <laughs> So yeah, this is shaping up to be a heck of a movie here. We have 
uh, Catwoman, who might not be Catwoman yet, who might just be Selina Kyle, mm -hmm. and we have the Riddler as a villain against Robert Pattinson Batman. Yeah, and Michael G C C Cappuccino is uh, doing the um the, the score. The guy who did like the Spider Man, Rogue One, all the Star right. Trek films. Interesting. So yeah, this is actually shaping up so far to be a pretty well cast, pretty well put together little movie. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I am too. I hope this is the Batman film that makes everybody happy again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess too, you know, it's a good direction with Riddler because you're already ensuring that this will be a different type of movie than the other ones where it's like, well, he can't fight Batman directly, but maybe this means this Batman will actually have to be a detective and have to actually solve cases and that, shit. That has me excited to get to see Batman be a detective because he's barely been in any of the other films. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice to see Batman use his brain in a situation? Yeah, and it kind of makes sense as well for, like, um, Pattinson because, like, uh, you make him, like, the younger Bruce. And he, he said, like, like he's a Bruce that, like, makes mistakes and everything. So, like, you could do that where he's, like, learning, still learning to be a detective and he's going through all this and maybe he catches the wrong villain or something. Or... Mm -hmm. Sounds, uh, sounds a lot like uh, Batman Earth 2, yes? Mm-hmm. Or was it Earth One Volume Two? The whichever one he Earth, fought the Riddler. Earth in. One Volume Two, yeah. Right, where he had a Riddler who was a little different because the Riddler in that universe was like a secret keeper for like the Gotham elite and everything, mm -hmm. and you know he was just wanting to prove he was smarter than everyone else. Yeah. So yeah, this uh this sounds good. Good good for Dano. Good for the universe. Uh, I'm down for it. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is DC casting thing we can all be happy about. <laughs> Uh, the last piece of news we had here is also an interesting piece of Batman news as well. We got our first look at James Tynan's Batman. He will be taking over uh, Batman. It was an 86 or 87? It was 86 and 87. Right, 86 and 87 we've seen so far. Uh, Tony S. Daniels is back on art. Always a good hand. It's nice to know this book is continuing to have top-tier art talent. Yeah. It's, the, and, it's uh, not going away for some reason, which I thought it was going well, to. I thought it was going same. to go away. <laughs> yeah, well, wouldn't that suck where it's like, okay, you're gone now, and here's uh, freaking uh, Keith Rockefort <laughs> doing that. <laughs> hey, that, he's, he's a good artist. He's he's not that bad. He's a prickly personality, but he's not yeah. that bad an artist, actually. He, he, has a, he has a unique style and everything. But uh, surprisingly, this story is also going to involve the Riddler because it seems that Deathstroke and the League of Assassins come to Gotham looking for Enigma because he knows some big, terrible secret. Is the secret that, like, Batman's been a dickhead the last 80 issues? <laughs> Ooh, I have a secret I'll never tell. Did, You've did, been did an Batman, asshole. Did Batman plan for this? Did, he knew yeah. this was all going to happen after i defeat bane the league of assassins will come so i'll hit tim in in the shoulder and that'll tell him to kill them <laughs> matt matt you're getting ahead of yourself <laughs> matt, we'll get to that i promise <laughs> but also yes yes this is all part of the plan and uh yeah on this uh, thing we can see here we got deathstroke who i swear deathstroke never looks the same twice in any comic yeah th this is his his rebirth costume or just before rebirth i think something i don't know no one can decide what deathstroke <laughs> looks like he's constantly looking different uh we got cheshire who we haven't seen in anything for a long time so i'm really happy to see her again yeah and uh, we have what looks to be merlin down in the corner who merlin is now back to being the regular merlin and not the malcolm merlin arrow hybrid, tv show yeah. 
yeah, the weird hybrid version. I'm like, just just call him Merlin. Well, his think, name. You know, didn't he turn back normally during the Green Arrow run? He went back and forth actually yeah. a couple times. Again, the, for like a minute there, they're like, no, he's Malcolm Merlin from the TV show. No, well, maybe he's just regular Merlin. We don't know, but he looks like himself. He looks like a weirdo with like the owl haircut. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm really interested to see what uh, Tynan is going to do in what I guess will be a shorter time than normal because we got this DC5G thing coming out that apparently is well, going to put a stop to whatever he's doing. Well, I think the issues he's like, because the book is monthly, he's at least writing it for 2020. Well, that's good. And, and and who knows, he could be the one that transitions them over to 5G. He potentially could do that. There's a lot of places this book could go. I, I, I'm excited for him because he deserves it. I also feel mm -hmm. kind of bad, too, because it's like, all right, clean up this other guy's mess. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's going to be very strange very interesting to see what that issue 86 will be like like oh it, yeah it's gonna be like 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 um like flicking a light switch on and like uh. you know, actually understand everything and there's no like thing hidden meaning or like things that are just left out that you should have known but you couldn't mm. possibly have known also alfred is dead so deal with that yeah he's actually dead <laughs> But he's alive yeah. in Doomsday Clock. But Doomsday Clock isn't canon. But it is. <clears throat> it isn't because it was on that timeline. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who who even knows anymore? <laughs> That's fine. I didn't want a universe that made sense anyway. <laughs> it's all it's all up here, man. It's all you can't steal my head cannon from me. We'll have another crisis coming very soon. Oh, I think we actually might, thanks to that tale. Uh, yeah, multiverse. yeah, actually according to that book yes yeah. actually it's, i'm like wow way to just fucking drop that on us guys <laughs> oh yeah crisis incoming <laughs> so get ready for it and i guess with that too we can transition on in over to what we read this week yeah let, we're just talking about batman let's start with uh, batman 81 uh let me let, let me sum up my thoughts on this book uh in a sound effect wah, wah. <laughs> if you'd have told me that beforehand i could have actually gotten a sound effect ready for you <laughs> ah see we're this close to achieving our true form as the morning zoo of comic book shows Matt. <laughs> soon enough we will assume this isn't even our final form <laughs> but um, yeah you know here let, let, let let's you take uh take point oh on God. this one uh, this this issue is like like we've both been reading comics for a long time mm -hmm. uh long like decades i would say uh oh yeah we've, we've seen some stupid shit oh yeah um, but but like this has to be probably the stupidest thing i've ever seen just mwah, just i wasn't stupid i wasn't incompetent <laughs> i wasn't a danger to myself and others says batman no this has all been part of the plan since the very beginning and i'm only explaining it to you now i'm only pretending to be retarded I'm only pretending to be really bad at my job. Bane didn't actually beat me. I, I let him beat me so I could beat him. Yep, that's that's yeah. what happened. That's what happened. Not only that, when a few issues ago he hit Tim and it was very out of character and here we have a yeah, really that's... roundabout explanations that he hit Tim but he hit him in a way that sent the message that he has to go and get the family ready and sneak into Gotham and let Damien get kidnapped and Alfred be killed yes. and and then they'll be able to defeat Bane 
it's it's all part of a special code system, Matt. <laughs> he he hit him in the face, which said all that. If he slapped him on the behind, that would have said something different. <laughs> it would have said a lot of different things. <laughs> See, it's all it's all codes. And I love he says that it's like, yep, that was part of my plan. And I'm like, uh, you also hit Gordon in the face a couple issues before that because you were yeah. having a bit of a freak out there. Was that was that also part of the also, plan? Is also, he also in you, on the code system? Did you plan on having Dick get shot in the fucking head? Yeah, where did that sit in in your whole plan of I was on top of everything from the beginning and I had to let Bane know I was stupid? Where where was that? <laughs> yeah, so he so this whole issue is basically Batman explaining how he's such a genius and and mm -hmm. and no one can get one over on him. This is Tom King saying this basically about him. Yes. And um what's beautiful about this too is that it totally flies in the face of every person who ever tried to defend this book to me and be like, no, King's telling a down to earth more human fallible Batman. He's not bat no, god like, like Scott no, this Snyder. is just generic bat god shit. Yeah, th this is the most bat god oh, shit yeah. because it's because at least, you know, when Snyder and Morrison and other people do it, he's like, no, 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 here's me stating precedent and here's me pointing to things from canon. Mm -hmm. Here, uh Tom King's like, Nope, totally totally all part of the plan. Yeah. It it's 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 insane like this this man won an eisner one yep. eisner's multiple eisner's which i do not believe in that award anymore no, no, now because i, I believe this. that's just like a popularity award now it's nice to know like yeah, i was always able to say like well at least the eisners have a little bit more respect than like you know the oscars or anything i'm like nope it is a popularity contest probably bought and paid for too yep yeah, oh, this it was shocking, shockingly how bad this book was. But not only that, so he 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 planned for all this and everything. And Tom, uh, Thomas Wayne, Batman ends up fighting like the Bat Family. Um, and, Who sneak into Gotham, no problem. Oh yeah, yeah, they all part of the plan. Remember, it's all part of the plan. All it all makes the sense. real only. The, the only hurdle, of course, was uh, Gotham Girl, who ended up not being a hurdle at all no. because she got sick and her powers don't work anymore. And Batman should have known that because the last time he saw her, she had amnesia. But apparently be because Tom King didn't write that book, he didn't remember that. No, he did. Yeah. And she was dying from that. And if she and it said in that book, I believe if she used her powers again, she would die. But then Bane had super venom, but Batman destroyed the super venom, even though he didn't in the book where he's referencing these events. But then Magpie stole the super venom, so Batman had to get the super venom back <laughs> that Magpie was going to sell to Bane and something. <laughs> so, yeah, something. Um, yeah, so Thomas Wayne ends up fighting the, the Bat family, and they end up beating him and um, in very, like, out of... Out of um, off panel, they out, beat him up out, off panel. Yeah, beat him off panel, but out of like context, they're like, "No, we're gonna beat you because this is fun." I'm like they wouldn't do that. They like if you change it to like, "We're gonna do it for revenge for like Alfred." I'd be like, "Okay, I understand that," and but like they'll know we we're doing this for fun. It's it's Huntress who comes in with the big murder boner, mm -hmm. which is fucking hilarious to me. I'm like, it's great that Tom King still thinks Huntress is an active member of the Bat family in the post New 50 or DC <laughs> Rebirth era when she never has been except for in Tom King books. Yeah, yeah. So they would have killed her. And then that's how like somehow this beaten and broken old man ends up taking out. How many of them is there? There's six of them. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Ends up taking yeah. out all six of them. I'm actually trying to count now. Duke, Batwoman, uh, Batgirl, 
Uh, yeah, Tim is there too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Hunter is so like five. And, and Damien, so yeah, six. Oh, and Damien too, so six. Uh, Red Hood didn't get the invitation because no. he's an asshole and no one likes him. And Dick didn't get an invitation because he still thinks his name is Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he ends up like winning somehow and just like like going and like he's like I I can beat Bruce because I'm Batman. And yeah, I'm the real Batman. And it really sits sits badly with me because he's tom king seems to think that thomas wayne's batman is the exact same level as bruce wayne's batman but what you mm-hmm. need to realize is that the flashpoint batman is nothing like like he used universe. guns he used guns to like exact justice not like a fight or anything he didn't go around the world and train mm-hmm. So, yep didn't <laughs> didn't change didn't train his body and mind didn't do any of that other stuff he cheated and used guns and, and not only that even if he did his body would still be old yes he's still old but he's fine shut up yeah and and not only that we we get no mention of skeets skeets would have known all of this would have happened because skeets is from the future what's a skeets i don't remember skeets did i write that in the story at some point <laughs> I can only think of my comics 12 issues ahead, Matt. That's all I do. That That's a bit generous. More like two issues ahead. As Space Lord in the chat brings up. Yes, and we're almost at the end now, and Tom King has yet to explain how did Thomas Wayne survive the destruction of the Flashpoint universe? That's not how did explain. he explain. No, is it's probably how... going to explain that. Yeah, if at all. How did he meet Bane, and why did he agree to work with Bane when it seems like their, you know, things they want, their ultimate goals couldn't be more different? Yeah, also, City of Bane. Bane's in the title. He's appeared in two panels in this whole story so far. He's barely had anything to do, which, again, the bigger question, okay, so Bane used the Psycho Pirate to mind control all the other villains, except for Clayface, who apparently was there all the time as yeah, well, yeah, secretly. He, I, that's another fucking thing. <laughs> He's also, just, yeah, Batman placed him in Arkham. <laughs> yes, he's like, oh, I had my friend Clayface here to make sure no one got hurt, nothing got too serious. Uh, lots of people did get hurt and get killed, <laughs> Batman. What was Clayface doing? Um, um, shut up. Also, is, wasn't Clayface in the outs with the Bat family the last time we saw him because yeah, Batwoman like, tried to kill him? Yeah, like, didn't he leave being a hero? Also, shut up. Again, that's what James Tynan wrote. <laughs> Uh-huh. which is funny that all these characters and all these plot lines from his story actually showed up here in this issue. Yeah. But yeah, boo, boo this yeah. comic. And also we get some weird thing at the end with Bullock dancing around naked in the fucking bullpen of the GCPD. <laughs> what the fuck was that? And a character sings again because King really seems to like it when characters sing, even though, again, if you don't tell us what tune the song is. Oh. It's it's so annoying. It's it's insulting. It really like it's almost devolving before our very eyes. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the last issue of this is just like a bunch of blank pages. <laughs> it would just fuck you. Or like if over him. <laughs> or if Tom King goes all the way completely and pulls a full Grant Morrison and just Batman goes to talk to him like in the DC offices. And like okay, how are we gonna end this? <laughs> You know, I, I, because the story has been so generic, I would not put it past them if somehow, like, the last issue happens and then we see that this has all been in Batman's head and he's still on top of that plane that's just about to hit Gotham from the first issue. I, I, yep, I very much think that's a way they could go. The Justice League come in and save the plane or something. Yeah, I am also surprised this late in the game that Tom King hasn't tried to take a swing at his critics at any point during this. Oh, it's coming, I reckon. 
It's coming. Like writing them into it. Like I keep waiting for a scene. Bane. That's when it will happen. I keep waiting for a scene like, you know, we're going to see a computer screen and there's going to be two characters who look a lot like us on the (laughs) other end of it. And like Bane gets thrown through the computer and Batman's like, when I'm done here, I'm going to go beat up those guys too for saying I'm stupid. If that happens, I'll like frame that page. (laughs) As will I. I'm like, this is the greatest issue ever, Tom King. You saved it in the end by working me in. I love it now. I love it so much. <laughs> All right. So that was Batman. More of the same. Uh, what else did we want to talk about, Matt? What else was this week that uh, caught your eye, caught your fancy? Uh, we had, well, we had uh, Absolute Carnage issue four. Yeah, yeah, we did. This one kind of slows it down a little bit <laughs> by telling a story entirely from Eddie's point of view. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is a Venom event, isn't it? This is his story. I forgot. This is Venom. It, it slowed things down, but also, it, unlike the first three issues, it didn't really get into that whole Venom-Eddie relationship as much. It was mainly relying on the action, which was holding yes, very much like out of carnage. And yet still not being strong enough. No. <laughs> No, I do love the line, and I think uh, Donnie Cage should get an award for this, being like, hey, Hulk, I've seen your green door, and I want to paint it black, which I'm like, that is the best goddamn line ever. <laughs> it is. It's a really damn good line. It's so fucking clever, and it's going to be lost on so many people, and I'm so glad he put it in. <laughs> And Marvel Knight saying Hulk went down too easy. I mean, Carnage got into his friggin' brain. He gave him he a like, frontal lobotomy, basically. Yeah, yeah, and basically forced him to change back into Banner. And also, too, as we know from reading the Immortal Hulk series, he died there and went to hell, and now he's just going to come back. Yep. Because <laughs> that keeps happening to him. But yeah, I, I like Eddie picking up Captain America's shield and, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, valiantly trying to fight and defend everyone else for 10 minutes. That was cool. I, I like that. I like what he was saying to like um, Spider Man, where it's like you, like I'm useless here. Like I don't have venom. I'm useless. So I'm gonna go out there and defend the Avengers and try and give you guys some time. I thought that was pretty. Cool. It's a real, it's a really nice come full circle from Eddie for being like a complete selfish dill hole in the first like arc to now being like, oh, I have a son. I have things I care about now. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got responsibilities now, and with with his power becomes great responsibility it's a very spider-man moment that's very fun uh, apparently people who read the miles uh, tie-in were a little pissed off though because miles comes back here and is a bad guy despite the fact that apparently at the end of that miniseries miles took control of his symbiote ah uh, really yes and i'm like well that's disappointing i'm glad i didn't finish it yeah uh, also, too, that was a nice bit of coming full circle, too, where Eddie's like, look, Miles, you helped save me when Null took over me in issue one of my book, and now I get to repay the favor to you. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That was a really nice touch. Uh, but yeah, all in all, fun little story. Uh, we find out that Eddie can actually use the other codexes to get another suit. Yeah, yeah, he uses all the other codexes. And I wonder if that, that obviously, because the dialogue makes it seem that like he then gains the skills of all the people who have had them. So like captain america wolverine hawkeye as as we saw with the flash codex which was the first one he absorbed he was able to call up agent venom again and agent venom took Mm. control oh that's gonna be awesome so eddie literally has an entire avengers legion in his head where i'm like does he get to keep that when the event is over (laughs) that'd be pretty cool 
Because if so, Venom just got super OP, and then I'm like, is that what Venom Island is about? Is that Venom trying to let all the codexes go, and they have to fight each yeah, other? Go free. You're you're free on the island. <laughs> you're free, codexes. Go and live in a farm upstate somewhere. Oh, God. Dude, could you imagine, right? So, like, they, they do this whole Venom Island. They're like, okay, there's this island. We're free. Them. It's like, oh, this island is the other half of Krakoa. Oh, shit. And there's, like, some big... And you get, like absolute carnage x-men or something it's the evil island that fell into hell yeah it's funny you know i've only seen one book so far actually mentioned what's going on in the x-men book so that would be super crazy that would be it's like hey this is the other island i like that but yeah uh, absolute carnage continues to be fun it's a you know it's a summer blockbuster of an event yeah i'm definitely liking it uh, what else do we have this week? Ooh, one that I'm sure you and I both really enjoyed and one that we've been talking about forever. Superman Smashes the Clan. Yes, this this was a fantastic little book. It really was. Let me ask you this, because you put it up. Uh, have they demonetized your video because you spelt clan the right way? I purposely spelled it the wrong way because I didn't want uh, YouTube which, any reason to demonetize me. Which way did you spell it with a C? I spelled it with a C. I spelled it with a K, and I put two videos of it up, and they haven't demonetized me okay that's good because i had a real moment of fear this week of like i really want to cover this comic because it's a really amazing topic and a really great team for this book but also youtube loves to demonetize mm -hmm. shit like this yet hilariously if i was a racist youtuber just spewing shit which there's plenty of those they'd be like no 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 free speech we must defend his right to say these things if, if you'd agreed with like the the clan in this book then they would mm. oh yeah that's fine yeah, but if you say something, you know, it's like, oh, I liked this book because, you know, it talked about anti-racism. How dare you? No money for you. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a fantastic book. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I love I loved it. Like, as Big comic, too. It, oh, it was like, what, like 80-odd pages or something? It was. You got a lot of comic in this comic. Yeah, yeah, and there's three, two more issues coming. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, this was Gene Lewin Yang, who's writing the Terrifics now and also wrote that Super Hyphen Man book. Yep, the new Superman book. And um, it's the artist Guru, Guru Hiru. Yes, who did the Avatar book with yeah. Yang. Yeah. So, so this is kind of a reteaming for them. It's, it's a really interesting idea because it's a very dark, very serious, very real world topic. Superman fighting the Klan and hate crimes and cross burnings, yet they juxtapose it with this very, you know, inviting, very, you know, soft artwork. Yeah, very soft artwork with, and and as well as like they they also with like people like like Jimmy and all these characters who are welcoming as well, and you, you get them going up against uh, this impressionable kid who really isn't bad. He's just like a a kid who's who's uh in this uncle matt uh is yeah. is is making trying to turn him into a racist because he's an right, impressionable which, young kid it's it's a great twist that you know the the quote-unquote bully character here loves superman and has a mm -hmm. superman shirt and when superman tells him hey your your uncle's an asshole and his club is full of clown shoes the kid's like oh well superman wouldn't lie to me which is so wonderful because this story is based on the famous radio play yeah. superman versus the clan of the fiery cross which literally that was the that's point of the radio called. play and that's what they call yeah. in the book 
That's what they're called in the book. And the whole idea was is that like a dude in real life went undercover with the clan, learned their slang, their rituals. And uh, when like the local cops and politicians wouldn't do anything about them, he gave his information to the Superman writers. They did the radio play and the clan was a joke after that because it's like, oh, Superman says you guys fucking suck. So you probably suck. <laughs> and I just love the power of that. And that's kind of what they do here in the book. And I'm like, wow, this is a really smart, really well put together book. It is. It's very well put together. And not only were we getting that, we're also getting like a story like from superman's point of view like we're getting his first uh uh interference with kryptonite yeah 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 um, yeah because this this is a real golden age throwback he doesn't yeah. even fly here he's faster yeah. than a speeding bullet yeah yeah this this is full golden age superman um he he gets his first uh exposure to kryptonite and um it it does something really weird to him where it like changes him into like an alien like or makes him yeah think he's an, and i'm like oh that's really cool and he, he gets a weird smell and everything i'm like oh that you're doing a little bit more than oh, it just poisons him it's you know it hurts his body but it also has a psychosomatic mm -hmm. effect too where he starts hallucinating and oh he thinks he's a weird gross bug alien this ties into the feelings of alienation that this young asian girl is feeling moving yep. out of chinatown it's like oh superman is the ultimate alien the ultimate refugee yep. the ultimate everything else and i'm like this is this is really smart now here's another thing i didn't know about yang until i watched his ted talk he's a really big proponent of comic books being taught in the classroom mm -hmm. and that's really what this feels like where it's like okay everyone read this and yeah. then we'll discuss in class this, this definitely feels like a book that could be in like some course syllabus or something very very much so and i hope it is because this is just a fucking good book yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i'm all about this apparently too they're also making like a doc i don't know if it's a documentary or like an actual movie movie about Stetson Kennedy, the dude who went undercover with the Klan, like later this year, they had like optioned his story. Oh, that's cool. I suppose. Yeah, after, I hope to like movies like Black Klansman did really well. They, they, yeah. they can kind of capitalize on that as well. Yeah, that's a hell of a pitch where it's like, dude, you know, Superman <laughs> did a thing in real life and it was really great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Superman smashes the Klan really good. And now that I know they didn't demonetize you, Matt, I'm going to make that C into an actual K. <laughs> Whatever it actually did they will demonetize you because you do that uh, yeah it's like here's the thing it did well on the channel but at the same time too i'm like mm, you know people trying to find it though but i don't want to give them a reason yeah yeah also if you're one of the four to five people who downvoted that video but didn't comment you're probably garbage people i'm just saying that <laughs> right now coward yeah also like if you look at a story superman smashes the clan and says hey hey i feel hurt and attacked by this story <laughs> you might want to recon like think about your life like look i don't options yeah it's like i don't know you i don't know if you suck but i'm like 99.9 percent .9 sure you suck <laughs> and you probably own some robes is all i'm saying <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a really good one. Definitely, definitely pick that one up if you're on the fence about that one. We uh, that gets the comic multiverse seal of approval. It sure does. Uh, what else did you want to talk about, Matt? Uh, I had Superman Year One Issue Three. Ah, yes, that's right. I didn't read this. Tell me about this one. I know when we last left off, Superman was king of Atlantis. Yeah, this should have been two issues. There's way too Should've much have. stuff in this issue uh so yeah we kind of pick up after an insurmountable time where he's superman's like protecting atlantis uh he saves lois lane who was going he was in a submarine going down 
for like a story and uh the, the submarine blows up saves them and then there's like um because we learned like that obviously in the last issue they had that submarine crash into atlantis and right. we learned that that's from the government who've been going down there to like basically attack them so superman's now protecting them so a bunch of soldiers come after him and he he just takes them down like he just stands there while they try and attack him and they're not doing anything to him um and then yeah he saves lois lane and then for some reason a year a year passes and in that year he goes to university and majors in journalism and he manages to get a job at the daily planet <laughs> like none I of mean, that is I it, mean, it's, it's just I've explained in one page i'm like why that, isn't that an issue oh yeah and also he likes journalism in case yeah, you're yeah. wondering like that should have all been explained it's like i i imagine it's probably not frank miller's fault they probably said you have three issues to do this get it done yeah uh where it would have been better is four issues um maybe but yeah he goes to metropolis and he uh meets perry wyatt and perry wyatt says you know you got a job do it he ends up seeing lois and because lois only knows him as superman at this point he's he gets mm -hmm. the disguise he gets the hat that changes the the shape of his head the glasses that ah. kind of change the eyes and and then just goes to work and classic origin stuff yeah yeah he he ends up uh going into the city and just starts prioritizing all the crime and it's it's not a really cool way where he's like okay well these crimes are more important than like this guy stealing a newspaper or something um so we're trying to answer why superman doesn't stop all crime all the time yeah, yeah basically and he stops a bunch of robberies like a domestic abuse situation and it is cool. hey, like in the golden age it's cool it, all all the people he arrests he ties up in duct tape <laughs> like, like covers them in duct tape the red green of superheroing um i like it and then he yeah the, the news get wind of him and everything and then there's like this big uh hostage situation at LexCorp. and this this is where the book starts getting weird because superman goes he saves like the little girl he, he like uh takes down the, the hostage people and then like him and Lex start talking like they've talked before. And up until this issue, mm -hmm. they haven't met. <laughs> Does that feel like something we lost in the time jump there, them meeting? Because I know, yeah. like, Lex is from, uh, is, you know, from Smallville sometimes. Yeah, yeah, this feels like, like, I, I had to, like, reread, like, some of the issues. I'm like, did I miss something? Because Superman talks to him like Lex sent him there and to, like, deal with this, but he didn't. But then now they're kind of friends and lex introduces him to the world and says that he'll become a licensed officer of the law and uh -huh. and lex is trying to pit him against batman because now batman's in this book <laughs> so are batman v supermaning it now yeah and then batman shows up and he destroys like an arms dealer's tanker and sends and lex is trying to pit him against superman and and he doesn't know how is to he, do it is and he then... crazy batman like in the last couple frank miller stories no he's like kind of young batman he uses like a gun with rubber bullets and which i guess is also a golden age throwback and um yeah he's just he's just like a young batman he's barely in the book um and then lex is teaming up with the joker to do this because the, the joker's now in this book <laughs> was not expecting that in a book called superman year one um they end up uh coming up with an idea to like uh push a drug out onto the onto the streets to like get these two heroes to fight somehow 
um uh-huh. batman stops that immediately blows up all the drug labs um sort of like okay what do we do now and lex is like oh well, I'll, frank I'll just... miller writes a lot about drugs but i don't think he really understands <laughs> them or has ever tried drugs, drugs. <laughs> no i don't think so either and so it's weird to hear him talk about them yeah and then um lex sues the daily planet for like siding <laughs> with like terrorisms and stuff and like reporting on terrorism uh-huh. and that somehow brings superman and batman to blows somehow uh, again this, just... is, this is all rushed through at the end of this issue this this, this is probably i think four or five pages before the end miller just cannot help but have batman and superman fight and i'm sure in the yeah. back of his head he's like no no this is cool because in dark knight returns they'll fight again <laughs> the fight goes as you would think and superman wins and and then some and then he's stopped by wonder woman somehow because she's in the book now <laughs> and she has yeah, the most ham-fisted dialogue that, yeah. ever she's she like stops and is like no we can't do this because from now on we fight for justice and we are a trinity i'm like where the fuck is this kid? what the fuck and then they all go to lex luther and she ties him up with the lasso and he he commit he um admits to all the crimes and everything but then he also admits to like knowing that out in space brainiac is alive and he's got candor and then superman leaves earth to go find candor and brainiac i'm like what the fuck is going on sequel <laughs> hooks superman and, year yeah. two anyone and then that's where the book ends i'm like okay that was rushed as fuck it, it was great like the dialogue and everything was great like seeing because somehow frank miller understands superman a little <laughs> somehow, bit yeah somehow that that sounds better than I thought it was, but not so good. I want to pick it up. Oh yeah, it's it's completely rushed. It's at, like the book starts off slow and then it just like barrels through once he gets to Metropolis. Amazing. Like, this would have been better as two issues. I bet. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on? Uh, oh, we had uh, again keeping it with the DC thing and keeping it with the Else Worlds. Uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall. Yes, which might end up being required reading for this upcoming crisis. <laughs> Yeah, that they just, again, they trot out Tempest Fugonaut again. Hey, remember me from the Dark Multiverse? I try to forget you, Tempest Fugonaut, but yeah, you shitty Galactus Watcher knockoff you. <laughs> well, don't say I'm that stupid because I'm also the fucking Crypt Keeper for what is literally just Tales from the Crypt, but with superheroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it, was, it was a pretty good book. I enjoyed it. It is. It is Higgins, Snyder. They know their stuff. Uh, it's a hey, what if Batman didn't win his fight with Azrael, and what if Nightfall like dragged on for thirty years? Yeah, yeah. Azrael uh, or Saint Batman uh, ends up like bur- like burning all of Gotham to the ground and then rebuilding it with where it's all just like churches and shit now. He he knows what he likes in his creepy cult state. <laughs> I, I like he gets his own sidekicks too, the torchbearer and the cardinal. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have like and the shotgun nun and all the other church things and the choir ball. They're in the sequel. They're the sequel. Oh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's he's that and he's like addicted to venom now because venom's yeah, like which... keeping him alive and allowed and like active. I like it all comes back to Venom. That's a nice little touch there that he just couldn't, he couldn't say no, as the kids say. He didn't dare to not do drugs. No, no, he couldn't say no. But yeah, he, he he's addicted to Venom and he's kept Batman or Bruce alive. It, uh, he's basically like Robocop, Alex Murphy, and it's like head in mm. a jar. Because he's so petty, he won't let Batman die until he admits that he's better than him and he saved Gotham. Yeah, and Batman won't. 
His suit's pretty fucking cool, though, Asriel's suit. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool. What is it with Asriel getting all the best damn redesigns between this and uh, Batman White Knight 2, and even in Odyssey, he got a new suit? Yeah, he gets some... I guess it's like they're basically, oh, just make Iron Man a Batman. I guess. Here he kind of looked like a fucking judge from Final Fantasy. Yeah, he looks really cool. He did. As the chat's saying there, too, Bane's kid is awesome. Yes, Chad, I agree. We. He was really cool. Is it... Is it Torin or Torin? I assumed it was French, like that little knife that you use to cut radishes, a Torin. <laughs> I don't think it was that. It's like, I am named after a, a, a knife that cuts radishes. Well, I, I think, like, Torin is literally French for little knife. And I'm like, yeah, that's what Bane would call his kid. Hello, little knife. <laughs> <laughs> One day you will be a big knife. Yeah, and I, think that, I think that's called a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, so this this kid he he's he's a metahuman because his father took so much venom that like it it seeps into his genes and he passed that on. So now like he can basically like hulk out whenever he wants. Which I love that as a concept. I absorbed venom in utero. My body makes it naturally, so I don't have any stupid fucking tubes for you to cut. <laughs> and Babbitt even says, "But where are your tubes, young man? I don't have any tubes, stupid." <laughs> Also, his mom is Lady Shiva, which is pretty great. Is that is that confirmed? I I just assume that they were like working together. Uh, they do. I think they do offhandedly say that okay. uh, she, she calls Bane my love. So you know, maybe, maybe okay, she was yeah. just very friendly. But I think that's what they <laughs> seem to imply. Also, he's like half Asian too. So there you go. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I like that in a city ruled by the Church of Saint Dumas, the League of Assassins are the good guys. <laughs> the league of assassins are the good guys and like like penguin is a good guy yeah he was helping out man i mean i'm sure he got paid for what he did oh yeah yeah but yeah it, it, it was cool like seeing seeing the city that's basically like run like a totalitarian state and it's just it's, mm-hmm. it always seems to be on the precipice of chaos yep uh look asriel built the wall he built the wall and he's keeping out the parasite plague and the floronic man sickness and everything else and he yeah. refuses to put the wall down <laughs> yeah the world is not his problem yet no the world is not his problem yet which i like that kind of becomes a thing where the league of assassins are like look we not only have to save gotham but we have to save you bruce because you know you guys were such a symbol of struggling against darkness and hard times and you know winning yeah, essentially you, you can't have one without the yellow basically and i'm like wow that's a really nice way to look at batman actually where it's like no you need them because they do inspire people mm-hmm. and they're like look i know your body is shit but we gave you nano machines <laughs> yeah, son yeah nanobats son he literally becomes a fucking metal gear boss the broken <laughs> batman whose body is made out of nano machines that look like bats yeah and uh that that end fight was so cool so they end up going to the the, the bat cave and fighting jean paul and all these people i love that like batman just like he's, he's like roundabout way of like not killing it's like oh the suit allows me to like take your genetic material when i touch you so technically i'm not killing you you still live on yeah me. yeah maybe 30 years of torture broke his mind maybe <laughs> just 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 a little bit just a little bit just also friggin' uh poor Torin there gets his arm ripped oh, dude, off that was so friggin- cool <laughs> He friggin' drinks the venom from his bloodstream like it was fucking Ninja Scroll, and I bet that's what it was a reference to, because Higgins is a nerd, and I bet he saw that movie at the same age I did. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's crazy. And ultimately, uh, Kid Bane gets the victory by stabbing, uh, what is it, Azrael with the original arm blade that he used to kill his dad. I thought that was a nice touch because they set it up earlier that uh, Azrael, like Batman, has like a wall of his old suits. Mm-hmm. And that when that suit thing gets shattered, he gets the original gauntlet and uses it. I thought that was pretty cool. That was a really nice touch. Yeah, and uh, they, they, they all think they've won, but... Yeah, they 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 haven't because this is the dark multiverse. So like Brusque is like insane, and he kills Torn, and Shiva is like no like like Gotham's like fucked. <laughs> yeah, the world is fucked. I need to keep yeah. it closed. Asriel actually had the right idea. I'd never tell him, but he actually had the right idea. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's funny. It's like it's funny. It's a dark multiverse story, so like I shouldn't have been surprised that was the ending, but I was so with it and so on the side of Lady Shiva and Kid Bane and everything yeah, else that yeah. when he did kill them, I'm like, oh yeah, dark multiverse. Well, not only shit. that, it was how the story is set up with Tibnus figure not going there and looking for heroes who could help. Yeah, him. and I'm thinking, oh maybe there are like some Earths where he could like intervene somewhere and get mm-hmm. that hero i'm like oh no he's and even him at the end he's like well that didn't work out for me <laughs> yeah oh that, that that ended really dark that that, that really got out of hand that really <laughs> accelerated didn't yeah, it well on to the next earth <laughs> on to the next one also Which I, I, why I, are you in the dark multiverse when you're in the flash forward book saying the dark multiverse is killing the the the, the main universe <laughs> uh shut up that's why <laughs> it's a different tempest figure dot Tempest Fuganaut goes where he wants. Also, too, I have to wonder this whole, oh, I'm scouring the dark universe looking for heroes that could take place in this crisis. In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that was supposed to be the New Age of Heroes heroes, wasn't it? That was supposed to be Sideways and and not Hulk and Silencer. But, oh, yeah, those characters suck and no one wants to read about them. So it's like, okay, what if there's more evil Batman out there? I'm really glad the next ones are going to be like Superman and Green Lantern and like not Batman centric because I swear to God we are at critical mass for evil Batman. Yeah. So, but now I imagine if this book does popular, we'll see that Batman the Broken again somewhere. He is a cool premise. I do like him. He, he is, but yeah, again, it's just another Batman. Too too many evil Batmans. Yeah. Too many evil characters in general right now. What if blank character but evil? Mm-hmm. But still, still pretty fun, still pretty cool. I liked it. I'll, I'm, I'm really excited for the other ones, too, to see what directions they oh, go I'm with them. I'm excited for the death of Super one, Superman 1 next. Especially now that we know where it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, here's the story, but we can also jump ahead 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what else did you want to talk about, Matt? We had X-Men issue 1. That's right, we did. I totally forgot about this. See, you know why? Because I'm looking at the videos. And I have it backwards because we put uh, the podcast out after that. Usually it's I go podcast, then here's all the new books for the week. <laughs> but yeah, X-Men, uh, focusing on Cyclops and the extended Summers family. Yeah, kind of. it's kind of like a, um, I wouldn't say like a, like a slower, slower issue because like not, not a lot really happens, but like we just get like the X-Men doing what the X-Men do. They're like fighting Orchis you know uh orchis is still doing their their evil evil shenanigans and trying trying to we kill meet, kill the mutants and stuff we meet their leader of this issue yeah devo he's gonna whip those mutants good <laughs> whip them good which it's funny in the back of my mind i'm like oh devo what a fun band reference and i'm like no way devo literally means de-evolution yep devious, 
and de-evolution. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense for uh, for an X-Men villain who are all about evolution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get to see the summer house on the moon. Yeah, he chose to live on the moon next to the Inhumans. So they they often, <laughs> you know, get, get each other's mail and go for a cup of sugar and whatnot. Man, I really want that. Cyclops <laughs> checking his moon mail in the morning and there's Black Ball over. Hello, neighbor. Oh, hello. <laughs> You're still coming over for cards, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I just got to kill some more Orchis guys. Hey, how are the other in- Inhumans doing? Still dead, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Donny Cates loves us. He's probably going to write us again in something. <laughs> oh, that's good. Bye. <laughs> And you could just do endless, like, sitcom shenanigans. Like, even them all coming together for dinner is a big sitcom shenanigan. Yeah, yeah. oh, here's the Watcher. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's Vulcan, who burns everybody's steaks because he burns yeah. with hot white uh, power and also because he's only ever been a villain. <laughs> and and Wolverine gets violent over it. <laughs> yeah, look, man, don't, don't make me hurt you. Yeah, the extended Summers clan and Wolverine because we yeah. buried the hatchet. Well, as we learned in, in our in was it pa- powers of x or house of the last issue of the those series we learned that there's there's probably some uh some fucking going on between there is death between him gene and scott <laughs> as as nightcrawler said we must repopulate you know we must bring more mutants back to krakoa and we can't just bring them all back to life so we're gonna have to have a team of super virile studs scoring around the clock i'll, I'll do my part naturally <laughs> <laughs> if this wasn't even more of a cult it is now <laughs> literally we're all doing some big polyamory up in here and when even they show us like oh and here's like the summer house as it is hey why is uh why are gene scott's and logan's rooms all connected (laughs) and none of the other rooms are connected use use your imagination says uh hickman i've read your fan fiction and i have some ideas you see the mutants invented this thing called a train <laughs> I mean, what's good for Krakoa is good for everyone. <laughs> also, too, you know, I, I love that, you know, people are like, ooh, isn't this crazy? X Men are sexy again. They're putting sex back in the X Men franchise. I'm like, guys, it was always there in the Claremont <laughs> era. Because Claremont was himself a huge fetishist in real life, so I love the idea where it's like, yes, Hickman, finally, he made mutants horny again. <laughs> That was his mandate. When he that was his. It's like I've got a script. It's like, what is it? I'm gonna make the mutants horny again. They're like, that's genius. I imagine when he got all the other writers together, like Percy and uh, Teeny Howard and everyone else, and it's like, okay, yeah, 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 time travel, Moira, blah, 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 blah. You know, mankind being mutants' worst enemies, and how do you be heroes to people when you know they're gonna kill you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But let me tell you who's fucking who, okay? (laughs) This is what I really wanted. Charts and graphs. Yeah, because he always does. This is why I took the book, everybody. This is why. (laughs) Because really, we just need some more banging is what we need. (laughs) Also, I'll I'll be done my run at 12 issues, but also we're getting an X-Corp book. That's just banging in that. That's all that is. Marauders banging on the seven seas. Just banging on the seas. There's no laws out there. You go into international (laughs) waters, you can just do whatever you want. It's fine. (laughs) We take it to some crazy places. Oh, Lockheed the Dragon gets involved, I tell you what. And that's the thing, it's full penetration. And the thing is, they show it. <laughs> they show it, they show it, but it's tasteful is the thing. <laughs> you know, 
They, sometimes they fight orchards, then they bang. Orchards, bang. Orchards, bang. <laughs> Look, you know, we, we got this character, Angel. He can fly. We would really be doing ourselves a disservice <laughs> if we didn't have an Airborne 69 scene. It's all I'm saying, guys. <laughs> is Multiple man. I mean, come on. Jamie Madrox. This He's is, a walking gangbang. This is Marvel Comics under Kevin Feige, everyone. This is this is the new thing. <laughs> Feige's like, call Hickman into my office, so I see what you're doing, and I love it. <laughs> I'm going to extend I, your run forever. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> is what I want. Whatever you're selling, sir, I am buying. <laughs> Nightcrawler. Ooh, I'm over here. Ooh, I'm over here. Ooh, I'm up here now. Oh, I'm down here now. Da da da. <laughs> the aristocrats. <laughs> That's all this book is. It's just Hickman's long-winded aristocrats joke. After 12 issues in three years, that's the thing. Xavier's going to take off his helmet, and they called it the aristocrats. The I, arista I would not be mad. I wouldn't be I at all. The arista <laughs> x -crats is what it is. You make sure to put an X in there. <laughs> but yeah, this book's good. <laughs> it is. It's really good. I know we seem to get sidetracked there, but it's good. <laughs> We promise stuff's going on outside fucking, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it's mainly fucking. Yeah, I do like that uh, Corsair is the guy who's like, hey, is this right? Does this thing all have like an evil culty undercurrent? And Cyclops is like, nah, nah. I do like that they, they, they're keeping, because that's the one, one thing that kind of annoyed me about Cyclops, but I've kind of grown to like it, is that he's so intent on like believing in something. Oh, yeah. He, he gets like ironically blinded by it. The man whose whole power is tied to sight gets blind very easily. Yeah, and that's exactly what he's kind of doing here. Like when his father says, "This is a bit culty," you know, bit 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 culty. And hats, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I, I also que I also question Jim. Like, wait, did they bring Crosshair back to life? Because I know he like was dying at some point. I don't know if he did die, but they were kind of making it seem like he was just coming back from space. So like, he doesn't live on Krakoa, so he's not like drinking the Kool Aid all the time. Yeah, and. T technically he's also human as well isn't he also that which they bring up in that book where it's like look the summer family has a lot of friends who are aliens and non-mutants who kind of get to come and go and that's like not good for them yeah and it's, yeah then they, they made a whole point in like through house and powers that like oh humies are bad and it's like yeah is this going to end up being like a thing where like like certain people on Krakoa get mad that there's like like corsairs there because he's a human yeah, it's get, like, get oh, these damn cubes them. out here. Can't trust them. That's going to be an interesting thing. I'll be interested to see when Deadpool enters the story, too, as I've said before, because Deadpool, while not a mutant, has always been on, like, X-Force and all of these mm -hmm. other teams and Weapon X and has always been involved. Yeah, he'd be down for a fucking... <laughs> oh, of course he would. I mean, he's he, he's there. He's first in line. <laughs> Well, especially, too, because they seek to imply that his daughter does actually have a latent X gene, so that mm -hmm. would be interesting if they wanted to do that. And he's still, like, the on-again, off-again stepfather of, like, Kid Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So that would be fun. Yeah. But, yeah, good book. Good book, especially if you love implied mutant fucking. <laughs> Which we do. Which we certainly do. Let the comic multiverse be the first podcast of implied mutant fucking. <laughs> This is going to be the thing now for every new book that we cover where it's like, all right, now who's banging who in this issue, you think, Matt? <laughs> who's getting all up in whose business? 
<laughs> but yeah, good uh, good stuff, X Men. We're we're all about it. Yeah. Uh, what else? We I think I had like one more book. What was that? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I caught up on issue nine and number ten. Oh, I haven't caught up on those yet. It's hard to believe that he's going to be done the book at twelve. Yeah. Which is good, I guess, because he's leading up to a hell of a finale. They're still fighting the Universal Church of Truth. Uh, Rocket is trying to help them out, even though he's sick and dying. And as we mm-hmm. find out, he can't actually leave his robot or he'll die even quicker. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that sucks for him. Uh, also, this book surprisingly uh, ties together with what was going on in that Thanos miniseries. Oh, really? Yeah, because at the end of that book, we found out Gamora was actually like babysitting little kid Magus. And you're like, well, how the fuck does that work? Oh, wow. And because obviously we thought, oh, well, the Universal Church of Truth is doing what it always does. It's going to try and resurrect the Magus. And here, uh, Patriarch even says to Quill, look, the reason we came from the future is that the future... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, that really came out of nowhere. <coughs> the uh, the future, it just wasn't destroyed, Peter. It was annihilated. Ooh. So they're laying the seeds for that. But we thought if we came back in time, stole a bunch of energy from Earth, we could go back to the future and destroy death. And it's like, so they're going to do that with the mages? No. You know who's in the cocoon, Matt? Who's that? Drax the Destroyer. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's coming back from, like, Infinity Warps. Yes, but not the Drax the Destroyer you think. It's not Arthur Douglas. It's It's the the original. Yeah. It's the with the cape and everything. Yeah. It's the original one. And at first, Quill's all happy, like, oh, cool, Drax, you're here. You can help us. You're going to save us, right? He's like, no, I don't fucking know who you are, asshole. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I'm not and I'm not just Drax on my own. I have a whole destroyer legion that's going to, like, you know, conquer Earth now. Oh, oh, that's awesome. And that means that to defeat them, Rocket and Groot have to recruit little kid Ma- uh, Magus to come and help them. <laughs> nice. And he's super on board with it. He's like, yeah, I was getting crazy bored on this planet. Yeah, let's go do some shit. (laughs) Which means that we've actually kind of grown the team now that when this is all over, we might have Drax back, but a different Drax, and we might have Kid Magus on the team too. Nice. That's awesome. I got to catch up on that book. It's good shit, and these last two issues read really well together back to back. Awesome. Yeah, so that's what I read this week. Cool. Uh, The final book I had was Justice League issue 34. Haven't read this yet. I was saving this for tomorrow. Do tell. This is goddamn awesome books. Um. So yeah, the uh, the, the different timelines, the past, present, and future, all are getting close to finding the um, uh, the totalities. They they basically got them. They just need to uh, contact Starman in the present to right. like connect them all together. Uh, they they end up doing that, and while they do that, uh. Starman also is fighting Lex, like the Apex Lex, as well as uh, Hawkgirl's fighting him. And Hawkgirl used her, uh, that wing power thing uh, that she has right. uh, too early. Uh, so, and she's powering the Ultra Monitor, uh, which is those three monitors mm. together that are fighting Perpetua. It, and Did the fusion dance. Yeah, yeah, they got the fusion earrings. Um, <laughs> the Patara earrings. And they... um. They're in, they're end up fighting her and her their powers are like fading because like Kendra used her power too early so it's like weakening and everything. Um, yes, I remember this. All because all because she wanted to go after Lex because of what he did to John. Um, Starman manages to get the portals open and the Justice League from 
the past with the JSA come to the future or come to the present. Right. Um, well, in the future, the Trinity still fight just uh, Brainiac 1 million, but they also get backup because Commandy went through, went back to get the, the Justice League Beyond. But also, right, I remember that. But also, he got the Kingdom Come universe. He got... Oh, shit. The, he got the fucking Watchmen. Um, really? Yeah, fucking Night Owl was in the, in the team. Um, okay. He got... What, who else did he get? Oh, he got, like, like, fucking everyone. Fucking everyone you can think of. He was busy. Yeah, to end up fighting them. They actually end up getting back there, and then it's like, they're just about to win... And then Kendra breaks off to, to like kill a distracted Lex, but she she doesn't succeed, and it fucks everything up, and Perpetua ends up unlocking the seventh power and like fucking up the world. Oops. Yep. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and now we only got a couple more issues to fix this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I think this story only has two more issues. Like this just really more. I think so. Unless it's going <laughs> all the way till thirty nine. I assume that's what they'd be doing, but I could be wrong. Because I thought, well, I thought issue thirty-nine was going to be sort of like a tie-up of everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe to issue thirty-eight. Who but knows? It, it feels like a like a penultimate sort of like this is the start of Act Three. Yeah, that's kind of what you're describing to me. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was great. It was great seeing all these like they're balancing three storylines that are all pretty complicated, and it's it, mm-hmm. it reads really well. Sounds like a love letter to the DC universe. Oh, it's a blast. It's an absolute blast. That's good. I'm glad to know Scott Snyder's going out with a with a big old bang in that book. Mm-hmm. I uh, I guess too this is normally the part where we'd start winding down, but I guess because we do have a live chat here, let's uh let's take a couple more questions here before we uh before we uh, call it a night. Let's do that. Yeah, where uh where are we at, Matt, in time as it stands right now? Uh, about an hour 38 ish. Okay, that's that's where I usually like the show to be. So, uh, yes, people in the chat there, uh, JT Wizzy, Space Lord, Tevi, everyone else who has been commenting all night long. Uh, this is the time. If you have uh, Qs, we have As. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. How do I feel about Flash Forward issue 2? Haven't read it yet. That pops out <laughs> Putting like it off. of my pile. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. <laughs> Crusader Con, what's your choice of energy drink? Uh, I prefer Red Bull. I uh, Zevia, that drink I like so much, they have energy drinks now. I don't drink them all the time because I just genuinely don't like the taste. I'm more of a coffee tea man myself. What about I, you, Matt? I, 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 I'm partial to Monster mainly because they do a sugar-free variant. And it's, That's good. They, they do a really nice like orange sugar-free variant, which tastes very nice. Tastes like orange juice. Mm. Have a, have you tried Bang Energy Drink? I know a lot of people take that as like a pre-workout too. Never heard of it. Nah, it must be a North American thing. <laughs> DNG, who's the big spoon in the Cyclops Gene Wolverine sandwich? I mean, I think uh, Wolverine it is the meat because he's short. Yeah, I was about to say it ain't Wolverine. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think just by size, he literally can't be the big spoon. <laughs> I think Gene is on the outside, Wolverine there, and Scott way at the back. But, you know, but his arms are long, so he's able to, like, hug all of them. Yeah, his weird, long alien arms. It's very, oh, your big, long alien arms, Scott. You look like a fucking alien. (laughs) Hey, hey, just my stepmom's an alien. Shut up. (laughs) Stupid, sexy alien stepmom. (laughs) That's when you know it's getting weird. Uh, anyone catch Watchmen? No, KT, because we're doing this. Although I'm hearing good things about it now, suddenly. See, that's the thing, like. 
it, it's a show that doesn't need to be made and like everything that like Damon Lindelof has been saying it's just been like edgy edgy shit to defend the show so I'm like oh of course yeah. uh, and people of course are gonna like it because it's like relevant quote unquote mm. yeah uh, would you like if Scott Snyder wrote Green Arrow? Yes, definitely. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but yo, I'd be so down for it. Yeah, whatever happened to, like, like apparently he was getting another series. Green Arrow. Uh, that's not happening now, is it? Fuck him, apparently. <laughs> that thing with the box. <laughs> yeah, what about that? Man, I would love to get Snyder drunk one night at a con and be like, yo, what was up with the box? I bet, I bet like it was supposed to have a piece of the totality in it or something. Yeah, so like like another doorknob or something for mm. to Lex's or something. I don't know. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. What show would you recommend? I just watched Breaking Bad. Oh man, recommend a good show, Matt. Uh, I know people in the chat said Primal Man of Salt. I watched the first episode of Primal. I haven't finished it yet, so but good. yeah, it's really it's fucking so good. Damn good. It's I, really. What show would I recommend? I would recommend. I I actually just like binge through a show called Yellowstone. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. It's it's kind of like a like a like a western, kind of like like your Longmire or something. It's written by the guy who wrote Sicario and Wind River oh. and all those movies. Um, so he knows what he's doing, and it's got Kevin Costner in it, and it's 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 pretty good. It's it's pretty good. It's just it's 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 insane. Like some of the shit they do in that show, like um like in terms of like plot, it's it's like insane, and it gets a good laugh out of me. But it's pretty damn good. Nicely shot. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm binging a bunch of old shows, too. Again, I'm slowly working my way through It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I've gotten back on that after not watching it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, too, a critical role. They did a Deadwood special today, and I'm like, man, oh, Deadwood's nice. pretty great. Nice. Deadwood is great. That move, that Deadwood movie was great. Perfect so I heard. Off. Perfect cap off. I feel like there's so many shows I should recommend. But I can't. Oh, uh, what is it? If you like weird offbeat comedy, that what we do in the shadow show is pretty great. I've been oh, thinking about that a lot recently. They, the the guys like the um some of the guys that worked on there made another show called Wellington Paranormal, and it's just started its mm-hmm. second season, and it's 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 about the cops that were originally in the What We Do with the Shadows movie. Oh shit! Really? And, and like all like the crazy like werewolf shenanigans and shit in like New Zealand. <laughs> okay, I gotta go watch that yeah, then. It's pretty funny uh what else we got here uh yeah a lot of love for yellowstone opinion on legion of superheroes not reading it tevia in fact i'm not reading anything by bendis until like leviathan so you don't have to thanks matt (laughs) i have not seen el camino yet because i was sick and i wanted to be in a better state of mind when i watched it so damn yeah people were saying it's good i'm excited for it yeah. uh okay joel what do you think will be writing the moira book hickman announced oh will there actually be a moira book now oh. is that was that announced that i missed Why? that we kind of know everything about her she's hanging out because she can't get involved <laughs> is it going to be about her wanting to like tell the truth or something or trying to suppress the mutants if so Could I'd be read, that. is it a villain book <laughs> is she going around killing precogs <laughs> Could be. I don't know. What other Tales from the Dark Multiverse stories would you guys like to see? I mean, they're kind of doing all the big ones. Yeah, the Death of Superman, Infinite Crisis, Blackest Nights, Judas Contracts. Uh, yeah, they're they literally just like, hey, let's do all the biggest ones. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see a Green Arrow-centric one, but I don't know what you would do in that scenario. He never gets 
Roy off the drugs or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What if? Yeah, what if his sidekick never got off the drugs? What if he stayed dead when he died? Yeah. Yeah. What if he never got off the island? Or... What if he never? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. What? What if he became primal, Oliver Queen, <laughs> <laughs> teamed up with a dinosaur? <laughs> oh, the uh, Moira book is going to be about various timelines. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh. Oh yeah, that. Uh, Star Wars trailer is supposed to be out tomorrow as well. Yeah, I thought it was going to be out today, like while we were doing the thing. Then, and then I realized we we're a day. I'm a day ahead of everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a busy day tomorrow. I got to actually wake up early and vote tomorrow. <laughs> That's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the trailer. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. we like Star Wars. I like all these other people who seem to professionally not enjoy Star Wars. Yes, but but say in their Twitter bios they're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. It's big business, apparently, Matt. Not liking Star Wars, we're in the wrong business. Apparently, if we want to make them real dollar-dollar bills, we gotta get in the Star Wars hating business. Yeah, yeah, we gotta start like podcasts about like every week talk about how we hate Ryan Johnson. Of course, because he apparently ran over my dog and slapped yeah. my ice cream out of my hand. Yeah, yeah, he he, he assaulted my mother. Yeah. Uh, I oh yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. had a big Star Wars rant. That's right, I remember that. Yeah uh what else we got going on any books that we're particularly hyped up for uh, i know marauders comes out this week mm -hmm. i know uh the next white knight part comes out this week i'm actually gonna look at what comes out this week um uh yeah yeah let's Superman let's do Batman that issue three comes out that's pretty good. oh yeah black adam's year of the villain which will be interesting oh yeah who's writing that one is that another uh from the guy we like uh, I'm not actually sure who is writing that one. Let's have a look. I think it's I think it's who was it? I I, I was looking at it before. Uh, Paul Jenkins. Oh, okay, he's pretty good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that fits in because, like, obviously his role in Doomsday Clock is is quite quite interesting. Yeah, and yeah. We haven't yeah. seen seen Black Adam for a while. Like he's here no. and there in like Shazam, but like Shazam ain't fucking canon. No, as good as it is. <laughs> and I'm really liking that book. Yeah. So there you go, everyone. That's that's the show for this week. I hope you liked it. Uh, thank you, Matt, for redesigning the actual look of the show. looks really nice now. Yeah, it, it actually came along pretty well. I, I'm very happy with it. Indeed it did. Of course, if you are a patron, you'll get to listen to this show first before anyone else over at the Cape Joel Patreon. Uh, try and get that up as soon as possible in both audio and visual version. Also, too, uh, because we're counting down here in October, I want to try and do a special uh, commentary just for then. Uh, I put a poll up there for everyone who is a patron. You can look into that. Uh, looks like it's either going to be something Power Rangers or something Halloween. Just something fun, 30 minutes that Vote I can for throw Dark up there. Phoenix. <laughs> just to fuck with me hey you said something horror i don't know what's more horrifying than exactly exactly who <laughs> is the scariest movie of the year my dog phoenix some people believe it didn't even happen yeah, that's how I scary it died in the cinema when they saw it <laughs> uh, but yeah so you can check that out there everyone else the show drops wednesday 8 a.m eastern standard time on the cape joel channel so look for it there yeah and uh, I guess with that, we can bring the show to a close. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for hanging out with us Sunday night late. We know, you know, a lot of you have jobs in school in the morning. So that's really, uh, really nice of you to come and do that. And we hope we can do this for you all again next week. Yeah, it means a lot. So thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.